Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Also, follow us everywhere on social at DIY Money Podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the video on YouTube. We've got some awesome bonus content there. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Well, we used to have a a thing. We used to have a, a time. What happened to that? We had, we used to have a time limit. Well, thing. we stopped doing video. But you used to do it with your phone. Like you were like you needed it out there. Where is that? It's on my desk. <laughs> Failed. Uh, we're talking about the last episode that went 19 minutes. But seven minutes of it was, was you know, <laughs> personal stories. Still eight minutes shorter than when, the one that Logan we, did the other day. Well, really? With me. Yeah, you 20, just kept talking. Why? What happened there? We were You're not about, on mic, though. What, HSAs? Something like that? I don't well, know. We went Logan's long. not on a mic, so if he responds to you, no one's going to He just it. said something brilliant. I'll just, I'll just keep doing this it. show totally missed it. So, um, yeah, we had, a, we had a long episode. But I feel like every time you and I get back together, it's like kind of welcome back, Cotter. You know, like, hey, we're back in action. And yeah. Welcome back. So You're I feel like we got to catch up. Way possible. Like we got to catch up with some things. I went skiing recently. Haven't skied in 10 years. Like freaking riding a bike. I haven't man. skied in my life. Riding a bike. Day one, a little rough. I was nervous. You know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to destroy my running career just because I went skiing. I was at a four day ski trip, and this is like legitimate mountains. Oh yeah, Colorado. We went out to Beaver Creek. It was not absolutely like a little amazing. Hill and thousands like and thousands of feet in the air. Yeah, it was awesome. It was so absolutely it was amazing. Did a couple black diamonds, but that took me. That was about third or fourth day. Actually, no, I think it was the second day they took me down a black diamond, which I was like, mm, I was not happy. Is that about as hard that. as it gets? Yeah, double blacks are are redonkulous. Uh, but yeah, blacks. I mean, they're they're you know steep, <laughs> yeah. moguls, you know things like that. Bro, he checked the lip on that thirty foot kicker, flatlined it, and oh, yard sale. What is it? Day one, I mean, it was. Uh, I was a little hesitant, and what happens is if you think about skiing. You know, moving lateral to lateral, which is how you get down slowly, right? Mm-hmm. So you're doing sweeping moves. Well, that's a that's taxing on your body. So after day one, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be ugly because yeah. I got four days of this." But as the confidence grew, and and as I got back to, I mean, I grew up on skis, so as the confidence grew, then you then you start shifting more downhill instead of side to side to side. And mm-hmm. so as you go downhill, it doesn't take as much effort because gravity is propelling you downhill. Never fell once. Fantastic. Was really happy about that. Had a little bit of a toe That's issue. Because my boot, my I rented, had to rent. And the guy gave me, I knew they were too small from the very beginning. He was like, no, oh, they're, they're fine. And I was like, I don't know about this. I now have a blue toe. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to lose a toenail. It sucks. That's fun. When do you uh, start like getting dropped out of the helicopters? Never. What? Never. That's not a thing for me, ever. Come on. It sounds nope. like you're like on the cusp of it. We had a guy, though, uh, who, was, who was that good. He was one of our crew, and he was phenomenal. He How was, much better do you have to be? They just like they oh, it's not about you dropping you. Drop you. It's, it's not. It's about where you're going. So when you're doing wow. a helicopter drop like that, you're there is no trails. There is no, you know, it isn't groomed. I mean, you're you know, Sounds you got to make sure you're ready to hit a boulder and Unexplored. bounce off of it. You've been watching the Olympics? No, no, not at no. all. I, don't you find it fascinating? Have you seen the picture of the long jump? Like it's literally no. built inside of like a nuclear park. That's in China, cool. it's crazy, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. I think 
aren't Olympic ratings down dramatically? I Maybe people just aren't really? watching anymore. I don't know. We watch it in our house a lot. We have it on. Yeah, it's not of... what it used to be. No, I like curling. I think we could curl. We should. We should have a. We should start a curling team. I'm great at sweeping. It would just be fun. I mean, it just I saw a meme, the guy, the guys who were in the American team, it was like, it looks like a bunch of dads just wanted to get away, and now they found themselves at the Olympics in China. Cool. Anyways, uh, I have no idea what our question is today. I totally forgot, and I don't know the name or where he's from or any of that. So let's just say, Scott, what did we say his name is? Logan? With Chris. Chris from? Chicago. All right. Hello, Chicago. There you go. Chris like from Chicago. Chicago. What do you got? D-I-Y! Hey, Quentin Daniel. Um, this is Chris from Chicago. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, love the show. Thanks again for continuing to put out great content. Uh, quick question on your guys' opinion between investing my uh, retirement money uh, through Wealthfront or one of the robo-advisors uh, versus just putting it into a target date fund uh, with Vanguard or you know one of the other uh, big retirement uh, companies currently have you know my uh, 401k maxed uh, my Roth IRA maxed and have other savings for like a down payment for a future house stuff like that so I have um, you know a, a little bit of money saved for retirement um, just in a, a brokerage account with Wealthfront and I'm trying to trade off whether to continue to do that you know Wealthfront gives like tax loss harvesting it's pretty easy to use and it's all in you know low cost ETFs but Wealthfront takes like, you know, 0.25% on top of that um, versus like a Vanguard retirement target date fund would be, you know, anywhere from like 0.1 to 0.2%. That's the total expense ratio. So just trying to trade off whether to what your guys' thoughts are on, you know, whether Wealthfront's a better choice or if I should just go with the lowest fees possible since this is for retirement, just go with Vanguard. So I'd appreciate your guys' thoughts. All right. Thanks and enjoy the show. Have a good one. Okay, um, I think that ah, we might get in a little nitpicky here. I know over the long run, um, you know, 0.025 or whatever it is, you know, 0.25 less whatever it would be. So 0.05, mix in some emerging funds. So maybe a 10 basis point difference. In what? Uh, Wealthfront versus, let's say, Vanguard. Right, so there's still internal fees at Vanguard, right? So they charge 0.25. Oh, yeah, you're talking about the difference. I'm talking fees. about the difference. Yeah, so you know, 0.1 at the end of the day, I guess over 20, 30 years, it could make an impact. I don't know how dramatic of an impact it is, um, but I would personally, if you are self-directing completely, like this is your thing, and you're going to be the the CFO. I live by an old adage, you watch the pennies and the dollars will take care of themselves. So even though, and this is probably different than you thought I was going, but even though it's point one, if you're if you're you know saying, hey, I'm going to do this, then seek out the lowest possible fee cost, period. I mean, simple as that. And that's probably what? The Fidelity Total Market Index Fund has a zero. I mean, they literally have one that has zero fees at all. Uh, I think it's the only one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you could do that. I mean, all the big providers, target date funds now, if you're going into the index target date funds rather than a couple of the providers have two types of target date funds. Some of them have like a more actively managed target date portfolio and some of them have an index target date portfolio. Usually index is in the name of that. Uh, that's true at Fidelity, at Schwab. 
I think Vanguard only has the index target date funds. Uh, the index ones are are f- relatively cheap. You're talking about 0.05 to 0.10%. Uh, all things considered, that's that's not bad. Yeah, if you went to the Fidelity one, you kind of have to make your own portfolio, I think, uh, across those funds. I don't think they aggregate those into a target date fund that is zero yet. So, But the reality is, if he's going to go down that road, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean... Figure out the cheapest possible way to do it and then go that route. I don't know. He mentioned retirement funds, mm-hmm. right? So there's no re- real yeah. need for tax loss harvesting. Well, if- is he saving it in a taxable brokerage account? Mm-hmm. But it's considered he's considering it as long-term retirement, funds, Supplemental which is retirement, yeah. What I gathered from it. But maybe I could interpret that totally wrong. But he's definitely, he said it in a brokerage account. Sounds like it must be taxable because he... Uh, yeah, I made the mention of tax loss harvesting. For those who don't know, tax loss harvesting, what's happening at Wealthfront, Betterment, etc., is that periodically, well, every day, really, their computers are looking at your account and going, can we uh, sell this position, which has a gain, and also sell this position, which is at a loss, uh, offset each other for the time being, save you in future taxes, etc. Study studies have shown that tax loss harvesting could, in theory, add about Point two zero to one point eight ish percent uh, returns annually to your account, but that's very dependent on what tax bracket you're in. It's going to be significantly more advantageous at higher tax brackets. Not so advantageous if you're paying, you know, zero percent capital gains rate anyhow. Currently. How do you? Uh, here's the challenge I have, though. Mm-hmm. I've never found, and and I don't have data to produce to, to to share this, but I guess I've never found. Um, great advantage to tax loss harvesting within broad-based index portfolios. I mean, I would always look at tax loss harvesting from owning individual equities mm-hmm. or really being niche with your sector. So, for example, as you know, I mean, we have some private client accounts where you know we really individualize sector purchases. So mm-hmm. we, I mean, last end of last year, oh. This uh, you know particular sector fund is down, and we can sell it. And what we do is we go into actually a correlating type sector because mm-hmm. we still want the exposure, but we harvest the lost. We moved over into this other one. Yeah. It's going to be correlated as far as movement, but it is a, it's a different investment. And that's what they're doing, effectively. I, I know, but it just like if you're in a S and P five hundred, I mean. And you're in some emerging market eat index. Where where are you tax loss harvesting? Uh, so they're looking at the litany of different tax law lo- uh, tax lots that you have, and they're moving it to a, again a similar ETF that uh, qualifies within the rules of being different enough, but correlated enough uh, that it's allowable. So hmm. yeah, so they're effectively doing what we're talking about. Uh, they're just kind of shifting it around. Okay, or they're using it to um, rebalance. So I mean, if you are uh, if your U.S. domestic equity position is up and you have a little bit that they can trim off there and then buy into something else while it, it, they're making it work, yeah. But, uh, I mean, the advantage to doing that through a robo-advisor is their algorithms are looking at it supposedly on a daily basis. Uh, the downside is you might have 1099s for Gosh, really small yeah. positions. That's a, I'm saying that it seems like a lot of work, whereas, I mean, again, mm-hmm. may, you know, for long-term passive stuff, Buy the indices and forget it. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about these funds being for future retirement, odds are you're going to be in a pretty low, assuming capital gains taxes still exist by then, 
uh, you're going to be a pretty low capital. Do you think base. they're going away? Oh, uh, you mean to turn into ordinary income? I mean, <laughs> okay. they can always change, yeah. and even capital gains tax rates have changed mm-hmm. over time. Uh, so there's no guarantee that they're going to be at low rates. But I mean, the lowest bracket is zero percent capital gains tax. So yeah, if that were to stay the way it is, even if you had lots of um, unrealized gains in these positions, you could sell them later for effectively zero tax. I Assuming think that your income is low enough. The priorities, in my opinion, uh, first and foremost, priority is long-term investing. You know, long-term passive investing is what creates wealth. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. So as long as you're not trying to uh, time the market, make dramatic moves based on your emotional response to whatever, uh, you're being opportunistic during during declines. You know, your dollar cost averaging. That those are the basic premise of long-term successful investing. I've never in 20 plus years and being in and around this business for 30 some years, I've never met anybody who hasn't had a successful investing career following that principle alone. Number two, you can improve your results by focusing on fees. Um, It's very simple. So, So seek out the lowest cost option for that. Now, why then do you pay someone? Again, in last episode, I just said, hey, uh, you know, if you need specialized you know, guidance, well, then you have to find value in that. So how are we doing a podcast where we talk about DIY, low-cost investing, yet we charge a fee for what we do in Jewel? Because people find value in what we do. Makes perfect sense. And if you cannot find value, then they're not going to pay us. It's real simple. So, And it's, oh, by the way, it's an annual thing. So somebody has to f- continuously find value. So I think that's the only time you'd say, you know, well, this is where I would accept fees if I'm finding a value in that. But if you're doing it yourself from here on out, then just go with the lowest cost and don't overcomplicate things, in my personal opinion. Yeah, uh, the variables probably in somewhat unofficial order of importance when it comes to your long-term success are your savings rate, your time horizon, your fees, tax loss harvesting would be fairly low down the list. Now, back in uh, a long time ago, I used Betterment and actually liked their interface. I've never used Wealthfront specifically, but some of the robo-advisor interfaces are nice. So, I mean, if that removes the friction and allows you to um, invest $25, $50, $100 a month, whatever it is, get it into the market, invest it quickly because you don't have to deposit it and then select an investment and buy all of that. But if you're listening to the DIY podcast, I'm confident that you could deposit money into a brokerage account and then go in and place a mutual fund order uh, as needed. So you might not need to pay that quarter of a percent. We'll see. Okay. Great question. Hopefully that we provided some insight. I'm not sure. I think, I think we, we basically said they're roughly equal. Um, do the one that works for you, but realize that tax loss harvesting is not going to be the one thing that's going to keep you from being successful. Or Good summary. Help you be successful. Excellent summary. All right. Uh, thanks again for uh, sending that question. We'll send you a twenty-five dollar Amazon gift card. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple: live on less than you make, invest the rest. I think do so for a very, very long time, adhering to fees. You know, keeping costs low, etc., and you will be successful. I don't know. That wasn't the end tagline that I'm used to, but there you go. How about you finish up? Still great. It's still great. Make it a great one. (laughs) Make it a great one.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.